Here he is. Hello, mate. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Welcome to the Hit Me Areas podcast with me, Jamie Roberts, and my co-host, Richard Kyson. Rich, how are you, mate? I'm really well, Jamie. How are you? Yeah, super, super. Um, it's our first venture into the women's game today, Rich. Yep, yeah, I've been really looking forward to it. Um, seems like we've got a really talented player coming on, uh, someone who's leading her team. Yeah, and like we, we, we've been talking to Sarah for a while to try and get her on. Sarah agreed to come on, which is fantastic. And um, uh, I want to thank everyone at, at Durham Women's Team uh, for, for making it happen. I really appreciate it. Um, so we're going to chat to Sarah about the current season, uh, the going for promotion as it stands. Um, and, and, you know, they're fighting with Leicester City there to to get to go up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really can't wait to just to get in, chat to Sarah about her, her, her progress in women's football and how she started um, uh, to the point where she is now. Superb. Should we dive in? Yeah, let's get Sarah on. Hello, and today we've got Sarah Wilson with us. Sarah is captain of Durham's women's team in the FA Women's Championship. Hello, Sarah. Hi, yeah, you all right? Good, thank you. I've got Big Rich with, with me, my co-host. Evening, Sarah. How are you doing? Yeah, good. You. Very good, thanks. Thank you for joining us straight after training, Sarah. Appreciate that. No problem. Cool. No problem right. Good. Good. How 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 are things? How's how, how's um how's the last few weeks been back at football? Yeah, it's been really good. To be fair, um, obviously we've had a couple of good results, and um, I think just everything. I think obviously within within lockdown at the minute, we're we're so grateful to be able to to like continue to train and play. So. It's been that little bit of escape, um, so it's good. It's yeah, we are really grateful to be playing, so it's going well. We're happy camp at the minute, which is which is good. What are the sort of protocols in place? Are you still doing regular testing or? Yeah, yeah, we are. So we're kind of clusters in a. It's like a football bubble essentially. So yeah, you obviously have to be so strict outside of football, which rightly so. When we're when the there's a lot of like time and effort going into arranging the protocols from the FA and all the hard work going in by the clubs. Um, so at the minute we're currently getting tested um, once a week, like the, the full testing, um, like the swabs and stuff like that, uh, which gets sent away. And then we do a lateral flow test as well, which I think it's, it's becoming a lot more common. Kind of they're using a lot more of the, the like the lateral flow tests in, in the schools and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's currently at, uh, testing twice a week, which is obviously fantastic. And it, it means that we're able to carry on and, and, and keep doing it, really. Brilliant. Um, good start. What we'd first like to go into is how did you get into uh, the game? You know, was it from an early age or, or did you get to a sort of 17, 18? And, yeah, if you, if you could just, uh, just sort of go into that a little bit. Yeah, of course. Um, so I started playing officially for a, a team when I was, um, I think I was nine or ten. So I started quite early. Um, and at the time, there wasn't that, that many girls teams in and around the area. Um, certainly not where I live. So I live in a place called Jarrow, um, obviously up north, as you can tell by the accent. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, so there, there was basically no girls teams or anything. So I did actually go and play for a boys team. Um, and that was Bolden Jets under tens. Uh, still remember it. So it, and it kind of went from there. And basically my, my family had that all massive football fans. My dad's massive fan. He played um, like in and around locally when he was a lot younger. So he kind of got us in it. I've got like two sisters and a brother. Everyone was kind of involved watching it, playing it and kind of went through, through there. So I was quite fortunate that my mum and dad took us to a team at such a, like a young age and and was able to progress that way. So it, it had to start by playing with a boys team essentially because there was no girls teams around. Not not then, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> what that was, was going to be like? one of my yeah, yeah, sorry, that was gonna be one of my questions was like mm -hmm. how many because I know we're roughly the same age, Sarah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I know growing up, we we there was not many girls teams that were publicized around us. Yeah. Um, and we've always had a um, when you know kicking about in the parks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
um, we always had a um, there was always a a, a girl. Uh, her name was Danny, and she she was brilliant, by the way. Um, yeah. And and she she I think she ended up like having to go quite far away to to, yeah. to play football, like yeah, for a yeah. proper women's team. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like there was definitely no girls' teams in the area, not not then. Um, so it was like we had to travel, and I think the closest team for us, um, we, well, it was it was Sunderland because that's where we had to travel to. Um, I think it was probably maybe after playing for the boys team for a couple of years um so you get obviously a little bit older I went into a girls team at like under 14s level but that was obviously having to travel to Sunderland and it's not that far it's probably only like maybe 10 12 mile but it's for a parent to be like ferrying the kids around when they've got three other kids as well it's mm-hmm. it's a massive massive commitment to be doing that so um yeah, there was there was there was a lot of travel in it as well. And even now, like if I think about the girls' teams that's in the area for for the kids coming through, um, there's one, I think there's well, there's there's loads within the area. So it's obviously fantastic. There's a girls' team in Jarrow for all age groups, there's one in Hebbin, which is literally just the next town along. Um, and it's obviously fantastic to see because we never got those opportunities when we were when we were younger. So it's it's absolutely fantastic and just shows how much the game is growing in the like there's a need for all these girls teams now. I mean, roughly at the age you started, I, I actually remember playing for my for my primary school in year six, so the last year of primary school. And uh, yeah. we went to a local school that. called William Harding. And um, <laughs> we've lined up and I was like, hey, hang on. Um, they've got a girl playing centre midfield, you know. Yeah. And um, I was like, okay, you know, we'll sort of see how it goes. Um, yeah. Anyway, she was... She was by far the best player on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and a name that everyone will know, it, it was Ellen White. Oh, um, oh wow. That's she was phenomenal. That's a good story. Phenomenal yeah. she was. Mm-hmm. Um, never thought anything of it until I saw her sort of 15 yeah. years later. I was like, Hang on. <laughs> That's Ellen White. I'm sure she's just... And she's just banged a goal in tonight, hasn't she? For for City, they're playing Champions League tonight. Yeah, so that's exactly. a, that's another story for you. Ah, um, yeah, phenomenal. It's incredible. I think that's the thing. Like when obviously in kids football, like under tens, twelves, thirteens, it, it's okay because like te- like technique wise and stuff, the like boys and girls can compete. It's just when strength comes into it, and obviously size and like physicality that's when it does it does change and it's mm. it's just science isn't it it's how things work yeah, so exactly like being so young playing in and around the boys teams it, it it's obviously fantastic but obviously getting that chance to go and play in the girls teams as well it's it's ideal that's what mm. you want um, and yeah. but you can kind of tell some of the some of the females and some of the, the female players now you can probably pick out majority of the ones who have played in the boys teams when they're a little bit younger because <laughs> it, it certainly does toughen you up a little bit you have yeah. to you have to kind of get stuck right into it. So you went over to Sunderland when you were like sort of 13, 14, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Went through um, Sunderland kind of youth set up um, from, it was probably 13 all the way up to kind of reserves, really. So reserves for the first team. So spent quite a lot of time there. And at that time, it's a little bit different now. They've got like the, the regional talent centres. But back in the day, it was um, like academies. So you went and played for the academy and it was all linked up with the men's team um, and you were able to play for like your weekend team as well, whereas now we kind of focus just on on like the, the one RTC. Um, but yeah, so kind of went through the Sunderland youth setup all the way through there. So again, just so grateful for from your mum and dad ferrying us around yeah. all over the area to go and play yeah. for Sunderland. I love that. Love that. That is good. That So... You must have been pretty good at that age. I think, well, I, I'm quite short. I think I was just strong. I think that's kind of right. how it, like, it come across because I'm a defender and I'm, I'm five foot, three and a half, which makes a, a massive difference. But um, for, for a centre-back, it's quite short, really. So mm. just all about being kind of strong and, and powerful. And I think that's kind of what gives us the edge when I was a little bit younger. And again, playing with the boys, being tough and and kind of getting ready for it um but like I say there wasn't actually that many opportunities for girls as well playing football in the area um so it was it was it was a a massive achievement and like a big sacrifice for the family as well yeah brilliant um so when was it you moved you moved across from Sunderland to Newcastle um I moved across when I was 
18, 17 turning 18. So I kind of broke into, I was in Sunderland reserves, um, couldn't quite get into the first team. And it, it's still quite young for, for moving across, but I kind of just knew I needed to play. I needed a bit more game time. And as I was stepping into adult football, um, so I kind of moved across to Newcastle. Um, oh. To be honest, I know, I know, it's bad. Really. <laughs> I know, but when you think there's no, there was no teams, like yeah. you, you, you kind of have to go and do it. And um, I am a Sunderland fan. Um, All right, like, okay, we'll ask you about that later. <laughs> yeah. That's we'll for me that. sins as well. I don't know, I don't know what's <laughs> yeah. worse to be honest at the minute. But um, yeah, so I had to just make the step over um, and was just kind of influenced by the coaches at the time to, to go and kind of test yourself. So it was kind of playing for the reserves with some younger players or stepping into women's football um, for Newcastle. Um, never really looked back, to be honest. I, I did a lot of growing up in Newcastle because you go very young into a women's setup. You're playing with people a lot older than you, a lot stronger, a lot more experienced. So it was, it was a good move at the time. I'd never, ever looked back. Brilliant. Sorry, you're gonna say uh, what I was gonna say is while we're while we're sort of at your early stages, 17, 18, obviously growing up, yeah, um, yeah. you're obviously playing with the boys. Mm-hmm. Who were your inspirations to sort of get you to where you are? Um, to be honest, it it was it was very much my dad because he played as well. Um so uh, in being from like a family where there's three other kids, you kind of battling out aren't you to, to try and get there so but yeah my dad definitely um but in terms of like players watching players maybe is that what you mean like, yeah you know you, yeah you're, you're yeah center back is there anyone that you'd watch and sort of think maybe a play like them or yeah I mean I don't know if you know too much about like old school women's uh women's England game but Faye White Faye was at, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Faye White Arsenal just used to idolize her to mm. be honest like and she was probably one of the first female players you see as you grow up and you yeah. you just think, look at them. like they're playing professional football. And that was when, how many years ago? That was 12 years ago. And it's only, and it was huge then. Do you know what I mean? And mm. even thinking back now, they probably weren't even full-time professionals. They probably had jobs as well as managing that as, as well um, compared to now. Um, but yeah, she was definitely, definitely the one I just used to absolutely idolise. And then obviously we're just talking about Ellen White as well. Yeah. Um, she's a bit younger but she kind of went through that area and just seeing these these women be able to to achieve and, and play within the professional game and be so successful that's it's just everything you wanted wasn't it mm. did you ever play against Faye no nah nah she um I think she was a maybe finishing off as I was coming All through right. so yeah she was coming towards the end of her career um, so I never, obviously, never got the chance yeah. to, to play against them, but it was just incredible to watch. But even then, it was tough to watch them because it wasn't shown on the telly like it is now, yeah. and mm. there wasn't social media really. There was no. like a bit of bit of things, but if you think what we've got access to now, it, there was absolutely nothing. So, like, the, I, I can't even remember how we used to see them. Probably in <laughs> magazines and stuff like that. Yeah. I never bought a magazine. Is. I can't really remember. I, the only yeah. thing I could probably think of is like Sky Sports News, where you'd sometimes yeah. get like. They always <laughs> used to broadcast uh, the women's FA Cup final, didn't they? That was yeah, always on BBC. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the only game. I know. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I can't think how far back because obviously, like, I suppose I got a little bit into it was was so I know the likes of Faye White and Kelly Smith. And, mm-hmm. And yeah, obviously yeah. Rachel Yankees and stuff like that. So I'd probably say yeah. that's as far back as I can sort of remember. That's all last. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're, we're both Spurs fans. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but Spurs have only really just come through the women's game. Um, yeah, and, only the past couple of years, haven't they? They've got promoted. So, But I think that's generally because, um, and we're moving on a little bit here, but that's probably because mm-hmm. the market of the women's game now yeah. Um mm-hmm. and and um the, the appeal to people now. And yeah. I just think Premier League clubs are pumping so much cash into into the women's game now. Like you can see West Ham have come through and yeah, yeah, yeah. Come through and United quite late, Man they? United. Yeah. I think Man United are probably one of the later you know, ones. Later yeah, ones, aren't yeah. they? I mean Man United, so they've 
got uh, they've always had a fantastic youth set up in a women's like development center and stuff but they never had the like the women's team there so it, it's crazy to think that they were developing all these players and then they got to a certain age and then they went elsewhere to go and play yeah. so it's um it's just great to see now though obviously it's fantastic that they're, they're doing incredibly well and battling in the top league and we beat them at New Ferrens Park at Durham. I'm just going to get that in there, just just to let you know. <laughs> Good stuff. Because like years ago, I mean, the the, the teams have changed. If you think about yeah. it, because like years ago, you see like Arsenal dominated. Yeah, Fulham. Mm. Fulham. Fulham was the team, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. Lincoln. And then you have like Doncaster. Yeah, Donny but, Bell. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Birmingham. Mm-hmm. We're quite, yeah. you know, quite a big side, and then like I suppose Everton were, and I, I think Everton were quite big, but um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's like it's just changed a little bit now. Mm-hmm. So City have pumped the money in, Chelsea yeah. have pumped the money in, um, and both of the, I mean, Chelsea's um manager, coach, oh, Emma Hay, fantastic, incredible. I have you met her? Hang- no. Oh well, we played against Chelsea. I never met her yeah. properly. Like shook a hand after the game and. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah in the FA Cup a couple of years back but you know when you just watch the interviews and stuff you just yeah. hang up at every word and you just think she is incredible like she's class she's yeah. class yeah yeah absolutely um so did you I, I suppose Steph Houghton is from your yeah. uh, neck of the woods did yeah, you ever cross right. paths yeah in- yeah in in Sun at Sunland yeah, yeah yeah kind of going through the development center at Sunland so there was Steph Horton, there was Jill Scott, Jordan Nobbs, Lucy Bronze. Wow. Like they, wow. I know, I know. It, it's all come through like that kind of era, that age group at um at Sunland. That was the year group. So it's um it's incredible the talent that's come out of the northeast. I think a lot of the time we forget about it and the northeast just gets kind of left to it and forgotten about sometimes. But if you think about that talent, that's probably what of maybe a quarter of the starting 11 for England so yeah ridiculous and and some of the best players in the world like Mm -hmm. you know literally Literally. yeah yeah exactly the best fullback yeah in the world without without a doubt yeah who is the best person you've played against um we're playing well like I say we're playing against Chelsea um yeah I'm going to say was it 2019, 2020 in the FA Cup. So we got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Brilliant. And obviously we're um, just playing against them and as a whole. So obviously we had we played against the likes of Frank Kirby, um, oh. G, who's a, a, obviously Chelsea. They're playing now, I yeah. think, as we speak. We went two 0 last yeah. I checked. Um, <laughs> like the Millie Bright, like they've played their full strength squad against her, which is absolutely fantastic. And I think it's a credit obviously to Emma Hayes, like turning a, a team out like that against yeah. against um a team in the division below. Um but that's that's definitely one of the best games I've played in, the best quality, like it's ridiculous. Can't even explain it. Ridiculous. What just quick quick yeah, everything, the pace of yeah. the game, the movement, yeah, the talking on the pitch, like the the information coming from each other and just the, the complete pace of the game and like fair play we, we didn't do ourselves any injustice that it finished one nil and it was incredible wow. it was like literally one of the best I've ever played in um but yeah just like the speed of play and everything technique yeah. absolutely everything I think G G scored in the first half she did like a, a Cruyff in the air and then <laughs> just slotted one home you've seen now like it honestly can't even explain it <laughs> just on the, the sort of level difference. Are you guys full-time? Uh, we're not full-time. We're classed as... It's classed as elite. So it's kind of like oh. online semi-professional. So okay. we're not classed as full-time. Not yet at the minute. Fingers crossed. You never know. Okay. Um, in the next kind of couple of years, fingers crossed if we can develop the way in which the club's looking to develop. That That is the plan. Okay. Um, but it is... It's a full-time kind of role. Do you know what I mean? It, it's... it's mm. We obviously work full time and you train. It's technically part time, but everything everything you do is just to make sure that you're ready for training. So I, sometimes yeah. I forget that I work full time. I know I shouldn't really be saying that, but <laughs> you're still you're still always preparing for training. So yeah, we we were going to ask about that. Like mm-hmm. uh, we, we kind of had a feeling that you'd probably be elite level, but potentially maybe 
semi-pro um yeah, yeah. you know that you work full-time um yeah and, or, or you know you, you work outside of football mm-hmm. yeah yeah how do you balance it and what's your schedule like for for Durham women yeah so the the schedule in terms of how many times we're training so at the minute we do uh, three pitch sessions a week and uh, two strength sessions so we're in the gym twice a week we've got a recovery session and then your weekend we're because of the travel where we are based, obviously in the northeast, um, the majority of the teams that we play against are so south based are, are Midlands. So pretty much every away game is an overnight stay. So you travel Saturday afternoon and play on a Sunday. So how it kind of works starting from a Monday. So your Monday is your recovery session, Monday evening, um, which is pretty good. We've kind of incorporated, you know, first lockdown when everyone started doing Zoom and things like that. We do a like a Zoom recovery session on a Monday, which is fantastic. And pretty much the whole club's on it from the RTC, the the kids team going all the way through, which is it's obviously great exposure for them. On Tuesday, it's S&C, so in the gym and then out to the pitch. On the Wednesday, it's just the pitch. Thursday, S&C, pitch. And then we'll get a Friday off, which is lovely. And then Saturday travel, Sunday game. Wow. Where do you find time to work? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I know, I know. Sometimes you just have to like take your foot off your gas and and, and realise. But so my job outside of football, I'm like a work-based learning tutor. So I deliver, you know, like MBQs and apprentices and apprenticeships and things like that. Right. So at the minute it's everything's remote working, mm. learn like delivering from home. So it's like delivering that teaching and learning based at home and I've just got an incredibly supportive employer who understands and yeah. it's it's like a flexible working and, and things like that. And they're massive football fans. So I, I, honestly, I can't complain about that. It's been fantastic for the past five years, however long I've, I've been working there, which is, which is incredible. So Brilliant. yeah, it's, just, it's a bit busy, a bit busy to say the least. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Going back to um, the semi-pro and full-time, do you have any full-time women players in the, at the team or like do you have anyone come in from uh from and I've seen in the league that some some teams have foreign sort of yeah uh, women come across um I know you know you've got a few internationals yourself yeah, um, yeah. so is there any of them full-time no not at the minute that's the the, the model that we've got at the minute isn't like we don't have any full-time players what we do have some international players so Basically, because the massive link that we have with Durham University, we're yeah. going to draw in players who, who come over and can study a master's programme. So the, they come over, they do the master's, they play for the, the university team, um, and then they also play in the championship as well with us. Um, but they're technically classed as full-time students, not um, like full-time athletes. Yeah. So that bit kind of comes first. So. We, we do have that and there's there's it's different for um female players in our game you need to it's all the rules about bringing in international players there's a cap on it so all we right. kind of don't just bring in internationals um like here there and everywhere which is good really because it's kind of developing the the english players coming through and it, it kind of supports the national team at the end of the day um, but the international players who come in need uh, there's so many different rules that they need to meet. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? They need to have a certain yeah. it's like a certain nationality, or I, I don't understand the ins and outs of it. But you can't <laughs> just bring in any international yeah. player. Like yeah. there's there's rules and caps on it, and um, the uni thing. Um, yeah, Sarah. So you also use their facilities and play there. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Again, that must be a massive massive sort of benefit to the club because yeah they must be first class facilities and there was one thing I wanted to clear up me and Jamie were sort of talking about it before your main pitch with all the floodlights that that looks like a 3G surface it is yeah Yeah. so you play on 3G at home games every week yeah yeah everything it's like a yeah it's 4G (laughs) pitch did it did what he's arguing over if it was grass or 3G (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, it, we're quite we're quite fortunate because the the facilities are they're absolutely insane. It's ridiculous, like multi million pound. It's well, they're all brand new. Essentially, mm. we've always trained out of Maiden Castle, but the the pitch that we currently train and play on um is fairly well relatively new. Just over the past couple of years, we used to 
play the home games at New Ferrens Park, um, but we've just recently, this season, moved over to, to Maiden Castle, so everything's based out of the same area. Cool. But even little things like having access to changing rooms, and even though it, it sounds so so small it makes such a huge difference having access to like changing facilities and training and then obviously we've got the snc gym mm. full access to everything there wow. um it's oh honestly it's absolutely out of this world the facilities it's incredible and i think that's what we can kind of use as a little bit of a selling point to show off what we'll have access to and yeah that's ours do you know what i mean at the end of the day we're so privileged i think a lot other times we do actually forget how privileged we really are especially in lockdown like being able to to still use the the gym um to to train and continue to like keep everything up and and mm. play at the same time because with all the sites being closed as well pretty much well everything is shut at the minute um so we are we're very very lucky and very pr privileged to be in that position how many of your team are students <laughs> How many other students? Um, I'm just trying to think. So we've got some that are doing the master's programme who are also working as well as training. So I think we might only have maybe one, two, trying to think off the top of my head, three, four, um, maybe four or five of the first team. And then obviously some of the development, well, majority of the development players coming through like okay. the younger girls, they they're still students and just kind yeah. of breaking into work as well. Yeah. Cool. Jamming. So what? I, yeah. So what I wanted to ask was: is is the football club owned by the university, or is it a separate thing to the university? Is it owned by someone else, the football club, or run by someone else? It's um, it's kind of all in partnership together. So it's completely separate to what the university is. They're just one of the huge kind of partners within the club. Um, so it's managed completely separately away from the university. We have a we have a general manager who yeah. doesn't work for the university or anything like that. But the because we obviously train and play, use the facilities. Um, I'm assuming it's some sort of stakeholder. Um within the club at some point i'll be honest i don't know no, that's fine. Don't know enough about that um <laughs> but it is it's the two separate things really yeah so it, the university football team sorry to interrupt you the, the university no, you're right. football no, it's fine. I'm so intrigued yeah it's <laughs> completely separate to the championship team so it the two completely different things yeah it sounds quite us like structure yeah Not, yeah, yeah like yeah, with the gm and stuff that. like that yeah, it's very unique. And um, there's not that there's well, I don't actually think there's anyone else in the leagues that have the same type of model or the same type of structure. But yeah, it works for us. And was, we've obviously kind of we've been successful over the past past few years and continue to grow and develop. And so it's good. Like we're not linked to a men's club, which people probably do see as a little bit of a downfall because the finances aren't there. But then without sounding a bit funny we don't have to listen to an, like another club to make our decisions we have people mm. within the our team our general management kind of team who make the decisions for the club we're not relying on someone else or relying on someone else to put the money in for away it's kind of all we own superb well, the next thing that was just like so you get about i don't know how you get about 300 in the stand there for home games? Yeah, I mean, obviously this year we've had none, which has been a massive letdown. Mm. It makes a huge difference as well. Um, but I think we're pushing, it probably averaging between four and five last season. So okay. it's definitely grown, mm. massively, massively grown. If, the fan base is incredible. If you were to win the league, mm -hmm. are you able to go up? Yes. Okay, yeah, so everything's so in place. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, everything is in place with the, the structure and like the the model that we're currently we're currently kind of following. It's very, very similar to that of those in the um, in the Super League. Um, okay. There would be a few restrictions because you can't play on three G in the champ in the WSL. So there would be some decisions to make, and I'm sure the team behind the team are, are working on that like ridiculously hard, which they always do. Um, but we are in a position to to be able to make the step up. Brilliant. Um, obviously, I, prefer... I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna ask that question, Rich, just generally because I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> but no, I was going to word it differently, yeah. <laughs> obviously, for the, for the conversation that we had prior. Um, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> yeah, absolutely sweating. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> no, I have to talk about it at some point. I was going to suggest are the facilities lot. capable of going up to the yeah. in, 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 in the future? <laughs> In the future, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So, on, on on a personal level, do you prefer three mm-hmm. G or grass? Or to be honest, yeah, that is a really good question because it's it's so tough. I think because we train and play all of our home games on three G, um, I personally prefer it. And um, there are there's a couple of other teams in the league who play on three G as well. Um, so they are they're, they're like heavily linked, aren't they? So yeah. I'm assuming people have other like reasons for maybe preferring a grass pitch it just all I think it all depends on the individual mm. um so we enjoy playing on our like on our like training pitch and stuff it's absolutely fantastic it means you're not kind of losing out of the weather unless it's really bad snow or, or whatever especially the weather we get um but yeah I personally personal preference is 3G and your body after you play, played on one of the big grass pitches compared to like being used to training on 3G all the time, it's another level. Like so, <laughs> which I'm sure yeah. you know about as well. And especially having a knee injury history, I'm assuming it's it's something I'll, you want to keep away from. Yeah, sometimes I join in with the boys at training. And, yeah, um, uh, it takes me about a month to recover, <laughs> <laughs> and the knees are completely gone. And I'm okay. only 33. So like yeah, um yeah, mine are all cartilage injuries. So but yeah, oh, mostly it's... from uneven ground. So but yeah, yeah. The, the knee injuries on three G is is, mm-hmm. is something else. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's some pluses to three G. It's all weather and yeah, you know, you're never gonna have a game called off, I suppose, unless it's snowed ridiculously. Um okay, okay cool. So obviously we're not gonna ask any questions about the <laughs> Oh. Um, well, no, what, sorry, what I was going to ask is, is the, I think you've already answered a lot of it, but I wanted mm-hmm. to know more about the, the professional nature of the level of the women's championship. Yeah. Uh, obviously you've got some huge clubs in there, Liverpool, yeah, Blackburn, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I could go on Charlton, stuff like that. So like, it, it, is it from what, you know, as far as you're aware, the, the level of professionalism, very, very high, I suppose, because you're elite club. It is at mm. a very, very high nature. So I just really yeah. want to know. Yeah, definitely. But like all the teams in the in the league are classed as elite. Um, so they yeah. probably all follow a very similar structure. Obviously, you don't know the ins and outs of, of what teams get up to and kind of what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. But we do know there's a couple of teams in the league that are already professional. So that's another thing you're kind of competing with um, when you're going into these games. So you, you're playing against players who they only focus... Um, well, from what we see, you, you don't really know the players individually, but they only focus as football. They don't have to manage it around work. And like when you, you finish your game on a Sunday, the Monday is all about recovery where ours is kind of right, go to work and then we'll recover. So right. you're kind of always thinking about that. So there's a couple of clubs already. So you've got the likes of Leicester, Liverpool, um, the London City Lionesses. They, they're yeah. all uh, professional. Um but yeah, it, the, the standards are ridiculously high because it would be impossible to compete in the league unless everyone's doing a very, very similar thing. Um, and obviously you, you play against these players. I've played against them for a few years now. You come up against like similar players every single year and you can see those players developing and the game growing and like these players who you're playing against and these teams getting better and better every year. So it has to be professional. Like it's... It has yeah. to be. There's, there's no other way about it. Um, especially not the, what the demands and what the expectations are within the league. Um, so yeah, yeah, I absolutely would say that. How did your move to Durham come about then? From, I suppose, from Newcastle to Durham. From Newcastle, yeah. So, um, I joined Durham. It was in 2014. So, it was the year. Um, Durham went into it. It used to be called WSL two. So Durham mm. Women's Football Club obviously went into um, the Super League 2 that year, 2014, and I was still currently playing at Newcastle. Um, and to be honest, I, I can remember I was I was playing at Newcastle, captain, obviously loving it and stuff, but you kind of know you can you can make that step up because they were playing the step higher. 
and I did actually go to watch one of the games. They were playing uh, Donny Bells at home. Surprisingly, I know we're just talking about that. And I went yeah. to watch one of the games, and I can, I can remember thinking, like, I want to be here. This is I, I fancy this. Like, they had a they had a massive crowd at the game compared to what we get at Newcastle. I was watching the players, and I was like, I, I think I could give this a go here and go and test myself. So. Um, what I did actually do was finish the season with Newcastle before going, essentially asking if I could go on a trial. Just got in touch with the manager and said, can, oh. I, can, I, can I come? Can, will you give us a trial? Is that possible? Um, and then that's pretty much how it happened, really. Um, it was a huge decision to leave Newcastle, and especially when you're captain of the club at the time, you kind of don't really want to, to maybe step away from the girls that you played with for a long time, but I think in that situation, you just have to think about your own development and, and just be a little bit selfish. And again, just never, ever look back. Mm. This might sound like a bit of a uh, strange question. <laughs> honestly, I don't know the answer to it. Yeah. At, at your elite level, so you like you aren't quite professional. Yeah. Do you get paid? Is it is it is it paid? It, yeah, well, it, it kind of just depends on the club and the finances and, like, essentially, if, you, if you're if you a contracted player, if you're not a contracted player. Um, but obviously, we all work full-time, so it's not it's not money that you can kind of go yeah. and live off, essentially, at the end of the day. Obviously, everything you do get, you're incredibly grateful for, and it's, it's mm. absolutely fantastic. Um, but we never know in the next next few years if the game, game continues to grow and gets that support and development and funding, then you never know what position we might be in. Have you ever had any any interest from from bigger teams? <laughs> no. Oh, rich! <laughs> <laughs> um, Got to ask this stuff. People want to know. Well, I'm proper proper home proper home based, okay. me, to be honest. Yeah. So I've got I've got my little setup at home. I've obviously I've experienced playing away. I've played away and I did two professional seasons in Iceland. Believe it or not, like completely. Wow. Oh wow! Yeah, so I went away when I was kind of at uni and thought I'm going to go and do this because so, I was playing Winter League, obviously, with Newcastle. So there was nothing going on in the summer. So I just went and played the professional league in Iceland um, two years ago. Like? Incredible. It's because the um, like the men's and the women's team are just trekked as complete equals. And it's like even down to uh, like training on the same pitches, playing on the same pitches, like crowds at the games, absolutely everything the the teams were just all all equal regardless of who you were um obviously got to do a bit of traveling around iceland as well playing um so it was it was honestly it was fantastic it was an incredible experience obviously went back for the second season as well so it was good superb really really good not many people um, have experience playing football in iceland <laughs> not from where i'm from in any way no definitely <laughs> so, just, <laughs> so just on that and sort of going through that experience where the men and women were so equal, how do you think mm-hmm. that we can get the women's more exposure than it or than it it's already got? Yeah, um, to be honest, I'm not one of these people who kind of go on and on to like that it should be equal, like you know, like pay and all. It's it's ridiculous. There's there's at the at present there's no comparison. If you think about like the crowds that the, the men's game generates, like the revenue, things like that. There's there's no comparison. I'm not, we're not deluded. I know there are some people who would completely disagree with what I'm saying, but being absolutely realistic, it's not mm. at the minute, it's not in the same, well, it's not, it's not in the same kind of bracket. But if it just continues to grow and just it just gets respected, that's all it wants. Mm, yeah. Just respected. It's it's a different game to what the men's game is. So we need to take away and we need to stop comparing it it's a completely different game um so we just need to I was do say, what we're doing. yeah because i i don't look at it as i don't compare the two you got yeah. men's football you have women's football they're yeah, completely yeah. different don't compare them um, yeah. it's a different game mm. like it is it's a completely different game like skill level if you look at some of the techie players in our league this and the league above it, it's absolutely insane but mm. then, the, like the pace, the tempo of the game is completely different. It is that's mm. it just is what it is. But um, in terms of knowledge of the game, being able to read the game, um, technicality, everything, understanding of tactics, absolutely everything. Mm. You, that's that's all. Yeah. That's all relatively the same. Like it's it's a it's an understanding and, and knowledge of the game. Um, 
one thing I, I picked I... up from the interview the other night, Jambo, sorry, mate. Um, no, you're all right. We was actually talking <laughs> to the Maidenhead, Maidenhead first team coach, and he he's trained the women's team, he, he's trained men's team, he's trained kids, he's boys, girls. Yeah. And one thing he said, he said, women are far more receptive to coaching. Yeah. Yeah. They listen, yeah. they do it. And they pick it up well, really fast. That, yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah. quite interesting to hear to be honest and mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I, I would agree I would agree and it's we just all want to get better and we just all want to continually develop and if it's getting the exposure on the telly like tonight it's it's midweek there's two um Champions League games mm-hmm. on like just been watching Chelsea play against Atletico which is incredible and we've obviously got English players playing in that Atletico Madrid team with in mm-hmm. Tony, Tony Duggan. Duggan yeah yeah, yeah. And obviously being able to watch that on BT Sport on a Wednesday night prime time, five years ago, that would never have happened. So no. if it, if we just keep getting that exposure and, and keep getting that respect to be able to be on, on the telly and, and like for like some of the young girls and, and boys coming through um, to understand that it is achievable. It's something that, that it, it is a possibility because if you don't see it, how can you believe that you can go ahead and do it? Mm. So, like, the power of social media and, like, exposure and everything on that is so important. Mm. Like you say, the, the way the, the way it's come on mm-hmm. um, it is, is fantastic. And I can only see it growing yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, again, like, like Rich said, I just don't see, like, I don't, you don't have to compare it. Yeah. And, and what, one thing I have found out, and they're talking to, to Aaron the other day, um, was I think women's football is far more respected by coaches and um, professionals in the the English men's game um, yeah. than than people probably um, expect because you, what you'll see is a lot of lot of coaches my level and above will go yeah. into women's football. I mean, it's something that I will definitely do. And it has something that yeah. I've already looked into before I took over this job yeah. was I was actually actively looking for a, a women's team to join um, and, and came very close to joining one. I won't mention the club yeah. um, because they are a professional club, um, not not women's professional, but a professional English club. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's something that I will definitely, definitely do. And it's, and, and again, another string to your bow and, and, and the, the experience as well. Uh, let, let's go on to a little bit about um, uh, uh, playing. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask a few questions that, you know, we sort of get at all levels. Do you have any, do you have a nickname for a start at the club? Um, it's just Wills. Very, very straightforward. Oh, very straightforward, yeah. Wills, yeah. Boring. yeah. And <laughs> yeah. also boring, yeah. <laughs> as, as the team, as the sort of club captain, do you... Mm-hmm. Do you make any new players go through some kind of like initiation or? And, um, yeah, we, we kind of yes. do. Um, <laughs> there's bits and bobs that, that we do. It's very typical. Like we had um, we, at the beginning of the season, obviously we had a, a few new faces in as well. And obviously we spend so much time together on overnight stays and stuff. It's, um, it's crazy. So we just had a bit of a song, a bit of a dance at the beginning of beginning of the season. So I'm just so glad that, Mine is long gone. I've been at the club far too long. To doing <laughs> if any of your stuff. teammates are listening, can you try and put her through it, please? <laughs> oh, the note never <laughs> Maybe not until like the end of season do, but well, that's that's for another day, maybe. Yeah. But Christmas <laughs> um, do you have any sort of pre-post game rituals or superstitions, anything like that? That um, I always had one. Yeah, I, I was last out the changing room. Last out the changing rooms, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of different. I need to be the first now. Don't I need to be at? The well, I suppose yeah. So that's that's probably one. But it's um, it's just little things. Like I'm ridiculously superstitious, so everything has to be kept exactly the same. Like time. Oh, we on know. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh, I can't even get into that. But <laughs> even little things like putting like the way I put my boots on left foot first right foot left shin pad right shin pad and it's always exactly the same um when we're traveling away on a game days I'm getting away with just talking ridiculous stuff now but game days like I go I have to go and buy the coffees for me and three of the other girls so it costs us a bit but because we started (laughs) doing that yeah 
we have to do it every single time and it's just just little things like that you just need to keep everything exactly the same I feel like all of the girls are really superstitious so mm. but it's, it, I don't think it's a bad thing you do what you need to do exactly um, before the yeah. game 100% it, 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 I think more to more than anything like people go yeah superstitions and stuff oh, I have a bad game mm-hmm. I don't think it's really much to do with that I think it's basically preparing you for a game and, and yeah. trying to basically calm yourself down your nerves or anything mm-hmm. like that where it's yeah. i'll just go through that routine professional people have routines yeah so it's like and, and you know that's why we ask those questions because mm-hmm. um you know like i said professional people tend to have a, a routine a daily routine no matter what yeah. it is like from blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. um and I, yeah it's just really interesting to know like um agree yeah if like anything like that mm-hmm. um so yeah oh, no, no. that's what yeah. boots do you wear? Oh, oh good question, Rich. I've I've worn the same tempos for must be over fifteen years now, without a doubt. Tempos <laughs> really? All the way. Old oh, same tempos. boot? Not not not, not the, the exact same, same boot. Oh. No, no. <laughs> I was gonna say, how much dubbing have you got through? <laughs> I wish it, I wish it was the same pair. The cost an absolute fortune. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> No, not the not the same boot, but just the same like style of TMO. Style. Um, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. more like a Puma King school. sort of person. Puma King. Hundred percent. Best boot of ever. Kings. Proper boots, them, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. With the flap. Yeah. With, oh yeah, the big massive flap. Yeah. Over the top. Mm. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, I can remember I don't know if you can remember these ones, but years ago the Adidas brought out a pair of supernovas they were called and were black and gold. Yeah. I feel like they were the best, best football boots and but just nothing ever compared to them ones, but just went on to TMOs after that and yeah. never looked back. <laughs> I, I, I was a predator I did move to predators in my youth yeah i think puma king mm-hmm. wasn't very cool <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then obviously with everyone was wearing like the david beckham champagne with the massive yeah. flap with the, the elastic mm-hmm. that goes underneath huge tongue, yeah yeah that's yeah the huge tongue mm-hmm. in it yeah so mm-hmm. everyone went to that didn't they but I yeah, think that yeah. Phase, i was going through like white deodoras i think oh, oh yeah yeah what, a bit of Fran- francesco yeah. totti <laughs> yeah oh, <laughs> yes for a centre back, I know, yeah, proper boots. Um, <laughs> to be fair, I always wore white. Are you black boots or are you, yeah, black boots? Yeah, okay. you have to be something special if you're rocking about in white boots. Mine, <laughs> well, you get a bit, a bit of a wind up if you rock up in some white boots. Oh, I did <laughs> used to wear white boots at centre half. I must have, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. was football with um years ago must have been well over maybe 10 12 years ago she rocked up in a pair of these crazy silver nike boots and she got um it was ridiculous she, she turned up she got nicknamed actually bobby dazzler from them because someone <laughs> said to her, oh they're, they're like a tiny set of bobby dazzlers and a name stuck it's so funny that i'm actually talking about this person right now but <laughs> then nickname literally is Bobby, Bobby Dazzler. So, <laughs> and she's a police Brilliant. officer now, so that's even oh, well, like, even better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's actually a woman. Uh, um, Bobby Dazzler. <laughs> uh, what kind of captain are you? Do you lead um, by example? Are you a shouter? Are you a... Uh... Yeah. To be honest, I think I've probably been described as like more of a an extrovert on the pitch and an introvert off it, if that makes sense. So not like mm-hmm. the big loud mouth in your face, especially certainly not off the pitch. That's not me at all. Um, on the pitch, probably like, well, I am loud. I do, I do talk. You kind of talk yourself through the game, don't you? And just try and yeah. motivate everyone. But definitely lead by example. So you've just, you've just got to behave in the right way at all times, like on time for training, making sure that everything's done properly, correctly all the time. Kind of, if we're trying to, kind of mimic these high expectations and set these really high examples especially for the younger players coming through that's that's the type of behavior we need to portray and I think we're, I'm quite lucky because we've got a, like a, a, a senior team and there's a lot of us playing together for a long time especially the, the core of the group so we all kind of know how each other works best and like how to get the best out of each other you, you kind of know if something's not right you know and you can just kind of tell something's not not quite ticking um, yeah. So yeah, I'm quite fortunate with the group that we have. 
what kind of gaffer what's the gaffer like <laughs> so lee um to be honest i work really well with lee um he is he's the boss and at the end of the day um he's a, he's a great person to work under do you know what i mean he, you know yeah. you know when you need to kind of get your head down but you know you can always have that little bit of crack as well um and you know that he, he would do absolutely everything for you off the pitch if if you need anything if there was something kind of like outside of football that you needed him for literally anything yeah. and i think because the club it's it's got like that family kind of vibe going on um the staff that we have on full-time staff so they've all got full-time jobs and mm. and kind of families and lives and everything in and around so they commit a lot of their time to us and we obviously respect that and appreciate that so much so I think when you're working with these people and you've got people who are doing that for you and they technically don't need to be doing that for you it's just all about respect isn't it and appreciating what you've got mm. yeah when the time does come um, for you to hang mm -hmm. up your boots do you want to go into coaching to be honest I've never I've never really thought about it like uh, I've never got into coaching as such um like I've, I've done me coaching like the first couple of coaching badges and stuff like that as part of when I was studying a few years ago um but at the minute I'll be totally honest I don't really want to think about it I'm just so focused on playing and mm. being getting absolutely everything out of what I'm currently doing at the minute and, and training and playing and focusing as hard as I possibly can. And if, th if I think about coaching, I kind of see that as maybe at the beginning of the end, even though I'm mm. more than happy, I'm, I'm yeah, fit, yeah. I'm well, like I, I know I've got plenty of time left to be playing, but I kind of don't really want to be thinking about that just yet, even though you, it's probably not the best way to think, but at the that's minute, fair. that's just my view. Yeah. Everyone's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have you achieved um, um, a lot in your career that you would have thought of? So have you hit many milestones in your career? Obviously, your milestone would be Super League. Yeah, uh, that would that would be and, and potentially one. England, but yeah, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but but in in terms of some of the milestones that you've already hit, has, yeah. has they have they come sooner or, or later than you expected? I think um, I'm exactly where I, I'm happy and want to be. And I think like everything does happen for a reason. So, so obviously moving away from Sunderland and then progressing into Newcastle, going through like growing up at Newcastle and, and spending five years there. And you kind of look, you look back at the time in Sunderland, like at that era were absolutely flying. They were literally one of the best teams in, in the area. They were, they were so successful, but then, off the back of the men's team not being so so successful, it kind of windled away a little yeah. bit and the, the Sunderland have dropped down the leads a bit. So you kind of think, so what if I had stayed? What could have potentially happened? But you can't can't really think yeah. about that. So I feel like every move that I have made, I've not chopped and changed around clubs. I was at Newcastle, um, Sunderland, like all the way through the youth, youth system, Newcastle for five years. I've been at Durham for almost six years, I think now, coming up maybe seven. So... It's not as if you're kind of jumping about here, there and everywhere, but I don't know. I just feel really grateful for the opportunities yeah. and the ultimate goal would be to, to kind of reach the top level um, to, to go and play WSL. But I would love more than anything to do with the group that I'm currently playing yeah. with because what we've achieved over the past couple of years, being involved in the club and what they've achieved is on is it's second to none and the environment that we're playing, it's absolutely incredible. So yeah. Good <laughs> Should we leave it there then, Rich? You could, yeah, we got I'd, the time, mate. I'm all questioned <laughs> out, Jam. I'm all oh, questioned yeah. out. Yeah. The only I'll thing I want to say is I've just had a light bulb moment. Soon as we can, I, I'd love to come up and watch a game. Oh yeah, yeah big time. Love to. We'd love to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're we're always down there. I don't know where views are specifically based, mine, but we well, we are from Ellen Ellen White's actual town. Right. So we we won't mention where it is, but uh, it's in Buckinghamshire. <laughs> Good Buckinghamshire. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're close to Wickham Wanderers. If that was the. Oh right, uh, yeah, Redden. Don't Redden play at Wickham's ground? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I've seen Redden play there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, not far from. I suppose Tottenham, where Tottenham play at Barnet, stuff mm. like yeah. that. So, yeah. 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 We'll be well, down the to women. watch you. 
yeah that that'd be great i mean the women london bees play at barnet's home ground That's now it, yeah. and mm. we played redden at wickham's ground as well in the cup a few years back so but no absolutely it'd be great we can't obviously can't wait to have people being able to, to come again but definitely that would be absolutely fantastic and we've made the link as well now haven't we so yeah <laughs> we've got a few probably a little bit more interesting characters than me on the team so i'm sure you no 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 we again this the whole point of this is to is to hit every single area and 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 people have you know there's a lot of people that won't have uh that much knowledge of a the women's game a women's championship yeah um and and you know it's just about educating people and and getting people interested as well um um, like i was saying to you before like you know, the first game that I'm going to take my little girl to will be a Tottenham women's game. Um, Incredible. So she's got the Tottenham kit, so <laughs> so she's she's going to be a Tottenham fan. So it doesn't matter. I know, she's going to have years Poor of misery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she already she knows how to say Harry Kane and Gareth Bale, so that's that's good enough. For Wait, me, so. she's doing all right so far. I, I went actually. I went out to um. We had a we had a game day. Oh, it's obviously last year now. And um, obviously, I'm a, all my staff balls putting a bit in the car and stuff like that. And she goes to me, she goes, Daddy, where are you going? <laughs> I said, oh, I'm going to football. Are you going to play with Harry Kane? Oh, oh, I was just God. like, oh, I walked out the door, no. like tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and I, honestly, and like my missus was like, just stood there, like jaw dropping down, like where is that come from? And I was just like, I've got her, I've got it's, her. It's, it's unreal, it's it's absolutely class there, unreal. <laughs> but that's it. Like if we can get like the the younger ones coming through and understanding, like what they can go ahead and do like with mm. one of the girls on our team well there's two actually got who actually have got children which is incredible um so just for them to even see what the, like what their parents can achieve and like that was never ever the case when we were a yeah. little bit younger it just was never an option so but well, even little story, things like that story of alex morgan like yeah her her turnaround oh. from having yeah. a baby Mm-hmm. And then coming back and playing for Spurs, it's I think it was Spurs. Absolutely yeah. frightening. And then she's been playing for USA mm. in the She Believes Cup at the she's, minute. I'm sure she's she just scored, scored didn't she? Yeah. yeah. And obviously, even little things like being able to take a daughter or to camp, you mm. know, little things like yeah. that that you don't think about. Having to, like, obviously manage having a child. Like, if they're all human, even though they're, they are these big superstars. They are, they are human. They need to have the child there. And just little things like that that you would never even consider. Do you mm. know what I mean? So even yeah. even things like that just shows how much the games grew and and what we've what we've still got left to come. Do you know what I mean? It, it's fantastic. It's incredible for younger people coming through now. Hundred percent. That was a genius signing by Spurs as well. Masterclass of media management. That's essentially yeah. what it is. And if you've got people like that in the club who are able to do that, like like the revenue that would generated, like the just the basically just the acknowledging everything it just blew everything up and she didn't actually do that much in the league do you know what I mean like a couple of pens yeah (laughs) she didn't play straight away and I take my hat off to her fair play she was obviously just coming back from having a baby Mm. but she like she she didn't come and bang in like a goal every single game or anything but it was obviously incredible for her development and then Mm. what she's able to achieve and it, it blew up Tottenham as well, which is which yeah. is fantastic for for the women's. And they've just done another another stroke of genius in signing the South Korean. I I can't pronounce her name, but yeah, the South Korean yeah, girl yeah. that's just come over mm-hmm. again. Just incredible South South Korean market, isn't it? You've yeah. got Sunny playing for the men's, and you've got yeah superstars, you know, absolute superstars, superstars. Yeah, and yeah. that's what it should be and just obviously providing all those opportunities and, and everything, just growing the game constantly. That's what we need to be doing. Everyone needs to be doing that and, and just making it as kind of diverse as we possibly can yeah. and, and providing everyone with these opportunities and, and just going for it. So it's good. It's great to see. You love to see it, even though they're technically our rivals. They're not the team you play for, but you love to see them develop. That's what you want yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. We we had um uh, we had a guy called Billy Cove who was on our first episode. Uh, it's a bit of like a non-league legend. Um, he, he won't mind me saying that. <laughs> um, and he runs a, he runs a, um, like a YouTube channel. Uh, well, he does a show on a YouTube channel called Grassroots TV. 
and just yeah. recently they had Chloe Kelly on. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And like, and and like, obviously across Twitter, it's just like he he's got he's just he he's such a big promoter of the women's game as well, mm-hmm. and, and like having someone like Chloe Kelly on. Um, yeah you know having a chat and mm-hmm. just more stuff like this which why we want to we want to talk yeah. to the women's game like yourself yeah. you're our first and yeah and, and, and not our last we've got yeah, it's great yeah it's we're, we're fully on to to mm-hmm. not promote it but you know just keep keep getting that word out there and yeah, yeah. Just and, bigger and give it the exposure yeah. it deserves exactly yeah, that's exactly it. Thing, yeah. isn't it and it'll be hitting a completely different like fan base as well mm. which is good and yeah just and we're all kind of supporting the, the same thing. It's everyone's just at the end of the day, it's a love for football, isn't it? So yeah, that's exactly that's it. Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly it. Yeah, um, we can't thank you enough for coming on, Sarah. No, I appreciate yes. it. It at all, honestly. I, I appreciate it, and obviously, anything we can do to support the club and, and support you and get that exposure for both you and our club as well. It's, I it's think, I've become a fan of Durham women, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're after. I know know exactly what you're after, by the way, Fritch. It's just something I've asked. I've asked every single guest. (laughs) If you know, as a as a podcast, we're going to try and collect shirts, Mm -hmm. and we're going to ask every guest. If you can, fantastic. If not, don't worry. Well, (laughs) just leave it with it. I'll try. Obviously, I will try my absolute best. Thank you very much. Been brilliant. No, no problems at yeah. all. No problems at all. That's fine. Thank you, Sarah. And good luck rest of the season. So that was our chat with Sarah Wilson um, of Durham Women's team. I learned so much, you know, and uh, you know to to hear her her background, what academies she came through. Um, you can kind of see why she's at the level she is at. I agree 100%, you know. Um, she's come through two massive football clubs up there. You know, Sunderland Newcastle doesn't really come much bigger, especially if you're from that area. Um, lovely lady. Um, we've seen a few bits of a really good footballer as well. Really good yeah. footballer. Um, I, I really hope they can get promoted. I, re- I really hope. It'll be, yeah. it'll be, it'll be, it'll be an amazing story. Um Another excellent guest. Yeah. Uh, one thing that struck me about Sarah is how professional she is. Um, and and the, the way she spoke was so professional. And, and, you know, that for, you know, there is no Durham football club, if you know what I mean, in comparison to. So it's a very, it's a, it's a strange sort of setup or not a strange setup, but a very different setup to what we expect from men's football. Um, being you know part of the university again it has that which we mentioned that that um u.s soccer feel to it mm. uh you know with a gm and stuff like that which was yeah. in- incredibly interesting to to learn about and i understand that's a, that that goes on a lot in the women's game the more and more people we get on from the women's game uh to speak about the, the sort of difference between the, the the two and and obviously the similarities as well w- will be great and i uh, just absolutely loved talking to her for an hour and mm whatever brilliant it is. guest yeah um, brilliant guest i you know like you say i learned so much and i'm always learning on all of these podcasts especially when we talk to guests mm. from from women's football you know from scouts to the a league footballers we're learning so much yeah and, and hopefully people are, are looking at it going do you know what you know that how professional uh, she's at the elite part of the game you know that they're not she's not full time um, but at the same time, look at the size of the clubs that are in the, the championship of the women's game. Mm. Leicester City, uh, Charlton Athletic, Liverpool. Blackburn Rovers, Liverpool. You know, mm. there's, there's some huge sides in there and, and they've got every chance of going up and competing with the very, very best. I mean, just look at some of the names that came through that in, in that area and, and through those academies at Sunderland, mm. Newcastle with lights of uh, Steph Houghton and Lucy Bronze and mm. Jill Scott, you know, these are English internationals that have mm. played a ridiculous amount of times for their country. Mm. Um, what a brilliant area to produce these stars in the women's game. You know, the North East should be very proud of what what, what they're producing. 
Um, and the one thing I was really interested in knowing was 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 about how easy or how difficult it was to get into the women's game at such a young age. Because, like like we spoke about, I I only really knew of potentially Aylesbury United ladies, which it was called at the time, in our area. Um, other than that, I think they had to, you know. Uh, girls around my age had to travel a little bit further I don't I I couldn't honestly tell you where the nearest women's team was after that um all I knew that LSP United had a, a very big um uh ladies uh setup um which 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 was run superbly apparently one of the best sides in the area um and now I think I think every local club has a has a women's team I, you've got you know where we live. We've got you know Penn and Tyler's. Mm. We've got Homer Green. We've got you know Maidenhead United mm. and 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 so on and so forth. We've all got these these women's teams. Um, and it's brilliant just part to see, of the isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. it's brilliant. It, you can just see how much it's grown within 10, 15 years. Mm. Um, it's just got massive. It's just got massive. And and and. And good luck to Sarah. Good luck to Durham for the rest of the season. Um, and again, thanks guys for everyone at Durham for for helping us get it get it, get it together and and, and um, interviewing Sarah. And we wish you all the best. And hopefully we can come up one day and and, and see a game. <laughs>